Comic Book Club News gives you the comic book news you need to know first thing in the morning every weekday in the form of digestible three to five minute long podcasts. Comic Book Club News recaps breaking news stories from Marvel, DC Comics, and beyond Monday through Friday. New episodes drop 6 a.m. ET in the Comic Book Club News feed so they're ready for you when you're ready for the day. Comic Book Club News. You hear it second or third, possibly fourth. Payoff.com is a paying sponsor of this comic book club podcast. You've tried balance transfers and budgeting, but high interest rates and unrelenting bill cycles make it almost impossible to get out of credit card debt on your own. Instead of another new savings technique, you need a clear path out of debt. And that's what Payoff Loan can do. A payoff loan is a personal loan backed by member-centric credit unions designed to help you pay off your credit cards. With rates as low as 5.99% APR and loan amounts up to $35,000 with no hidden fees and personal customer service support from Payoff to help you reach your financial goals. Some of the benefits of a Payoff loan may also include potential credit score boost, one monthly payment, and savings from lower interest rates. Go to Payoff.com slash comic book club to learn more. Checking loan rates won't affect your credit score. Try something new. Pay off your credit card debt with Payoff. NMLS ID number 1396805. Not all applicants may qualify. Loans only available within the United States. Loan is not available in all states. Payoff works with lending partners who originate the loans. Additional terms, conditions, and eligibility requirements may apply. More information is available at payoff.com slash comic book club. What is up, everybody? Welcome to Comic Book Club. I'm Alex. I'm Justin. I'm Pete. And we are coming to you live from the internet to the Disney Podcast of all later. Thank you so much for listening. If you're watching on Crowdcast or YouTube, welcome as well. We're very excited to have you here on YouTube. Drop your comments in the comments. Give us a like. Give us a little thumbs up, etc. We love that stuff. If you're watching on Crowdcast, we're going to answer your questions directly. There's a little thing that says, ask a question. You should just ask a question there. Just go and have fun. I Just have lose. a good time. Ask us questions about anything. Ask us questions maybe for our guests. I'll see if I'll check them. We have uh, two great guests on the show tonight that I'm going to introduce in a moment. Uh, but how are you guys doing? How's great. everything going, Justin? Pete? Great. I, I got an in. Uh, my wife cut my hair. Yeah, you looking sharp, looking bro. Looking pretty good. What's um, up, man? It's it's nice. She did a good job. And now she has a vested interest in my hair all the time. She's like, oh, not. And she's always like checking it out. So Ooh. slowly we're she's really paying connected. more attention. To and you, just to check like. your your shirt's red because of the blood for when she yes, cut you. This wow. is a white Hanes T-shirt. And I've just been slowly <laughs> bleeding out. Oh. I thought it was a blood gown. It's a blood gown. Yeah. Uh, wow. Danny Ollie over on YouTube says looking sharp. Justin looking sharp. So Ooh. thank you. I take that as a compliment, especially in this quarantine. Yes, absolutely. Pete, how are you doing? How are you doing over here? Uh, we're going to go, of course, talk about comics in a second, but I want to know how my friends uh, are. I'm, uh, I had a good week. Um, I found out about a new Mountain Dew flavor called Frostbite. 
And yeah. if you why, ever why liked, are so many Mountain Dew flavors like diseases or but problems? Think about this. Think about this though. <laughs> Have you ever looked at windshield wiper fluid and thought, "Man, I wish I could drink that." Now nah, you can. Mountain wow. Dew frostbite. Yeah. I love how most people in this quarantine are like, I found some old noodles under the stove and I, I mixed it with a little grit from inside of my drain and that's all I got left. Pete's like, I had a great time here in Philadelphia getting new flavors about Dew, eating cheesesteaks all over the place. Just Ooh. a good time. And shouts to Mountain Dew for dropping a new uh, poison flavor out on yeah. uh, the world under quarantine. It's got uh, a big shark on Trump. it. Trump was having Mountain Dew frostbite, right? Yeah, that's that's right. <laughs> the active ingredient is hydrochloroquine uh, or whatever. <laughs> Hydroxychloroquine. Hey, Justin, you're my hydrochloroquine. Oh, wow. That's it. Yes, hydrochloroquine. Um, <laughs> I, uh, I want to show something. Um, I uh, In this quarantine, I was uh, reached out to support an artist. I got the um, color proof uh, from an, episode, an issue of Green Lantern that I've talked about oh, on the show wow. a lot. The one where um, uh, Kyle goes into the painting. Um, mm-hmm. I've definitely talked about the show. Am I showing that at off at all? No, the uh, glare is yeah. the glare is rough. <laughs> Pete, it's fine. We can see it. It looks great. No, I asked him to draw the glare in. Oh, nice, smart, um, smart, bro. Uh, it's very excited to have that. Um, it's got. You can see the little painted edges on it. It's very cool. That's awesome. Where are you going to put it up? Uh, nowhere where my family can see it, probably down here in my basement <laughs> where I hide and record with you guys. Ooh, your secret spot. All right. I think we should start getting into the show. We have two great guests for you. As I mentioned, I'm going to invite the first one into the stream later on in the show. We are going to have Susanna Polo here from editor of Polygon. Uh, we're going to be talking about the long Halloween during our stack section, but in the meantime, yeah. hopefully this is all working out. Hopefully he is getting in here. We're going to be introducing our first guest, Nate Lindley. He is one of the heads of Ashcan Comics Pub. We actually had some of his compatriots on a couple of weeks ago. We've been talking to a bunch of indie comics producers over the past couple of weeks as comics have been shut down. Good news. They're coming back. Comics are back. Comics are back, baby. But we're not going to stop talking about stuff. We'll see what happens. Uh, So I'm I'm killing time a little bit here to see if Nate can get into the stream, see if there's any problems. Uh, What are you drinking over there? Uh, Me? Gentlemen, yeah. Glad. Oh, sure. While we're keeping time. Uh, I am actually drinking a Bronx Brewery Que Fuego. Whoa. Ooh, Very nice. Pineapple, little hot sauce in it. Oh, Pretty man. Nice. Wow. Hot sauce and beer? Yeah. I mean, I do that anyway. I get a nice Guinness, dump some Cholula in there. Oh, wow. man. That's great. I know. I Wait, Cholula in your Guinness? No, I actually have never done that before. I oh, was pretty okay. surprised. I got a variety pack, as I've been wanting to do, and uh, we'll see what happens. Uh, Nate is still accepted and connecting. We'll see what happens here. Pete, what you got? What's your Could white wine? In said I got, timed out. I got a nice uh, Sauvignon Blanc, you know? Uh, nice. you know little, I think that's how you say that. Sure, yeah. I don't know how to say it, but I'm drinking uh, it. I'm drinking the Pete way. I've got a giant uh, vodka soda. I made grapefruit vodka, uh, used it, and then it's a grapefruit uh, seltzer. Crush. Wow. You're wow. killing it right now. Mm, very good. Very tart. I wish I could try some of that. 
Yeah, gin and tonics, another good way to go. Uh, everyone's moved on to hard alcohol in the comments. <laughs> <laughs> That's what the state of the quarantine is, and I uh, I don't hate it. Mm. Uh, well, Nate is having some problems getting into the feed here. I'm going to just uh, text him. This is cool. You don't need to tell us every detail, through. Alex. We could just talk about something else. Type, yeah, you guys talk about something else. I'm going to take care of this thing with Nate. Great. Cool. Cool. <laughs> Um, Pete, what comics have you been reading uh, outside of the ones that we read for the show? Have you been reading recreationally? Uh, I wish. I can't wait to uh, get back to that. Um, I do um, miss reading the comics that I like that uh, Zalbin doesn't kind of uh, hand out to us as assignments. So, uh, right- <laughs> What's that? That's not, they're not assignments. It's just um, part of our fun. Uh, part of our fun. Uh, Pete, oh. comment. Will you braid your beard like some sort of uh, dwarf? Ah, well, you know, thank you for putting in uh, the short joke in that. I appreciate it. I mean, uh, it's not a short joke. It's just dwarf. Your beard is dwarfing. Uh, it's, it's like Kimberly S. Dwarfing? I think it's, it's getting dwarfing. There. Dwarfing? Mighty Dwarfin Power Rangers? Um, uh, Brandon Medina on YouTube says the longer, thicker beard works for Pete. Pete, I think ooh, I'm a beard fan. Well, thank you. I think it is working. But let uh, me ask you, Pete, do you have a beard plan? I don't. I've just always wanted to see what would happen. You know, sometimes you see people with beards and they like, they're, you know, it, it's an interesting look. So I always wondered what would happen almost wobbies with my beard. So I'm getting to know that. Like, it's not coming to a point which you're is getting to know your body. Yeah, it's just kind of going that way a little bit. Hmm. Are you going to grow up here, Justin? I am. This is it right here. Oh. Oh. Hey! hey! There it is. Hey. Yeah, sorry, I was, What's uh, up? I a little trouble getting on. I I have a really bad internet connection. I live in the middle. I live in the middle of nowhere, so my that's bad. Cool. That is totally my fault. No, Everybody that's no watching, problem. that is all me. <laughs> uh, thanks so much for logging in. Uh, we're all figuring out this new world together. It's yeah. all good, Nate. Very my water to on. work, so I don't know what I'm doing either. <laughs> yeah, he's in a basement, for God's yeah. sake. Uh, Pete is in some sort of mortuary. That's as far as I can tell. <laughs> How, <are you> <laughs> How are the funerals, you... Uh... <laughs> Uh, so Nate, as part of my long-winded introduction, we were killing time a little bit. Uh, I mentioned that as comics are shut down, we've had a bunch of indie uh, creators and producers and whatever uh, on the show talking about their comics because things are still trucking along in the background, even if the major publishers were pretty much shut down for a while. Uh, to start off, what has the experience been like for you? What's it been like over at Ashcan Comics, bud? Um, well, I mean, we operate on such a small scale. Um, I mean, we don't have any books that are actually in stores. So for us, it's been business as usual. We, we ship everything out direct to customers. So, uh, hopefully someday we'll be able to have our books in the stores, but you know, that's, that's a really big commitment and something we have to really work on. So, but you know, we, we have been growing over the last year that we've been in business. So that, that's a good thing. Yeah, that is. Yeah, it's great. Uh, When we had one of your compatriots out a couple of weeks ago, it really seemed Mm -hmm. like it was a very tight-knit group of artists and writers and editors and everybody working together and helping each other out. Um, uh, Talk to us about your role in it. It's essentially steering that whole thing, right? Uh, Uh, Steering the friendship. Yeah. Well, here's the deal. Um, Ashcan Comics Pub... Uh, I started it when I just was putting together my first comic book and 
I immediately was drawn to connecting with other people because I saw all these Kickstarters and these waves just, you know, coming out one after the other. And it's a lot of work. I mean, promotion and marketing is like so much bigger than just making the comic book. So immediately I was struggling a little bit with feeling discouraged. You know, here I was hyped about this first comic book I made. And then I'm like, wow, you know, I can't even get one person to read this thing. So I started reading out to or reaching out to other people and uh, just ask them if they wanted to start working with me and, you know, if we could start promoting each other. That's really how it started out. And I'd say today, even though Ashcan Comics Pub is a publisher, more than anything, I think that we're more of a network. It's really an opportunity for other writers and artists to find ways to work together. And the really strange thing is, I mean, the name says Ashcan Comics Pub, but we immediately started switching over to doing prose. Uh, we started <clears throat> having like collaborations, like anthologies of little short stories that are like three pages long paired with an artist. Hmm. And within one year, I'd, I'd worked with over 50 different people publishing work. And I was I was swamped. I mean, I, you know, full <laughs> time, I have kids, you know, all, all that stuff. And I was so thankful. And I kid you not, Ashcan Comics Pub would not be here if it was not for the people I've worked with. I mean, I can't lie and say that everything has been cotton candy. I mean, that's for sure. You know, there's been <laughs> lots of rocky roads. There's been some people that it just didn't work out, you know, whatever. That's just how it goes. But yeah. there are some people in this group that have stepped up so much. Uh, Travis B. Hill stepped up and became an editor. I mean, I, I couldn't pay him. And he's like, I want to keep this going. So that was awesome. That took such a, such amount of work off of me, you know? And then all these guys that I'm working with, like, for instance, Stoney, who was on your show yeah. before, That's yeah. that was the writer. Um, he and I are trying to go beyond this flash fiction thing. We're doing short stories now and we're moving on to like chapter three chapter one is currently being released but there's all all kinds of stuff that's in motion there's jay sandlin who's also working with mad cave that's working with us and several mm -hmm. other people i mean we've had lots of people i'm gonna quit rambling but i mean that that's what it is <laughs> no it's so it's so nice it's really to cool. hear about that sort of just a network coming together and keeping it going sort of keeping the ball in the air like that's so hard but also so rare these days in comics or in any any part of creativity really yeah well i i don't really know what 2021 is going to hold i i've actually kind of thrown out you know a couple tweets and stuff to people saying hey you know i'm on the hunt looking for comic books um so hopefully there's some people on here that are watching and they're like oh yeah you know i want to get my comic book out there i mean i can't really pay you a lot but i'm going to give you a network and i'm going to try and promote you like crazy that's what right. ashcan does and you know you have to understand i'm a one guy team all right, so it's yeah. kind of a crazy idea that this one person is going to try and do this, but uh, that's that's what it is. That's where we are right now. Hopefully, it'll grow, and next time we meet, we'll be like four or five people on the team or whatever. They'll be standing silently behind you. Can you tell <laughs> us um, <laughs> what a, an ash can is? I feel like that's something in comic book history that people don't really know much about anymore. Sure, yeah. I mean, traditionally, it's more of just a, a claim to a trademark. It's very rough. It's mostly just uh, something that's thrown together so that the idea can be claimed. Um, later on, it started to become a little bit of a different term where it kind of turned into mini comic. And all these behind me are what that is. So the name Ashcan Comics, we're actually not producing with traditional Ashcan, but we are producing these mini comics, which are basically a half size sheet of paper folded in half. And the, color, the covers are in color generally, unless it's Oath. That one's mine. I always do black and white. I just... My brain thinks I'm black and white when I'm drawing, so it's like, I just stick with that. <laughs> yeah. 
And uh, if I if I could throw color in there, it's awesome. But for whatever reason, I just love working with black and white. The contrast is awesome. And that's cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, I'm curious to hear about a little bit more about the prose thing, whether that was, it sounds like that's something that happened pretty organically, but as you've continued with it, does, is it a creative thing? Is it a business thing? Have you found more success with the prose than the, you know, more traditional sense of comics? Uh, what's the thinking there? Well, I'm definitely still looking for the business side of it. all. <laughs> 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 when we find something that just totally grabs and that's, that's great. But really what happened was, is some other people that I was talking to just said, hey, let's uh, try and throw this together. And I said, okay, if we can get, I think I said 10 or 12 people on board, uh, I'll publish this anthology. And next thing I know, it was like one day it all came together. We started putting together and then we started having these different titles and uh, I gave a prompt for every title. So for instance, uh, see right here, Mythos is an example I would, I said, this is the title, Mythos, and I gave just a very short, like, one-paragraph prompt, and the writers just went for it. And then they would awesome. be paired up with an artist, and I was very hands-off with that. The only thing I said was, let's keep it PG-13 so everyone's on the same page. Because, you know, I don't want one guy doing PG-13, and I'm doing, like, adult-rated, and it'll <laughs> all be mixed together. It'd be weird. So uh, that, that was really all it was. And next thing I know, I had a prompt for all these different books. We had several different ones, and that's that was really what gelled everybody together. That's what really started to pull everyone together. That's uh, it's kind of, it's very creative and cool. It, it, it almost feels like an improv team where you ask oh. for a suggestion, and then the performers all use that one suggestion and kind of hone everything through that. Yeah, uh, with all those creative talents, I mean, it didn't didn't take more than a prompt. I mean, it's amazing how much indie talent is out there. I mean, people have so many cool ideas. I mean, I love all the mainstream stuff, too, but I've been blown away by the amount of material that's out there with people that are just in the indie world. That's awesome. Now, the way that you have it set it off, correct me if I'm wrong, but this is a, uh, just based on the links you've been sending me and Stoney yes. sent us as well. Uh, it's all essentially behind a paywall on Indiegogo. Is that correct? Uh, I, I did have an account on Indiegogo, but I haven't actually put anything on there. We have oh, okay. one project currently on uh, Kickstarter. That's Vala. Oh, and okay. it was kind of cool. This has actually kind of turned into a story and art combo paired with now a game. <laughs> I love all these things. Yeah. So it's pretty cool to be able to see all these come together. And just today I was designing a trading card and oh, think wow. about how we're going <laughs> to take this into a trading card realm. Um, I love making stuff. So, I mean, whatever it is, we're we're trying everything we can. But uh, the main source of our budget comes from our Patreon account. That's where we have a digital library. And I think we have over, I think we have 29 books in there now. And then every month we put out two new titles, one in prose and one in comic book format. And I think this next month is Wired Man by Jay Sandlin, just to throw that out there. If you were going to recommend some titles for people to start with, with Ashcan Comics Pub, what would you recommend? Hmm. Honestly, what I'd recommend, I mean, there's so many things that we've put out within one year. I mean, it's kind of crazy in Indie Group, 29 books in one year. It's pretty awesome. (laughs) I would just go to Patreon, throw $3 at it, look at all of our stuff. You get all of it for that $3. Take a look, see if you like it, stick around. If you don't, let me know, tell me what you want, and then we can try and work on that. Um, and that's such a great sales pitch like that, like throw three dollars in there, see what you like and tell me what you like. Like, I think that's such a great strategy. Oh, thank you. Yeah. Yeah. 
Uh, and you, uh, not to blow up our spot later on, but we do trivia later on in the show, you've been very kind to offer a Vala Comics Games Pack along with our yeah. regular prize for nice. the trivia, which is pretty awesome. So what, yeah, so what are great. people getting out of that? Yeah, my pleasure. I'm, I'm sorry, what was the question? Oh, what, what are people going to get in that? Yeah. Uh, well, let's see. Actually, I have one over here. Come prepared, right? Ooh. So I got the book. And mm-hmm. with that, you get the... Sorry, turn off right here. On, <laughs> the game card. Mm-hmm. Awesome. The instructions on the back. And if anybody played this in the 90s, they're going to love it because it's Pogs. Oh, yeah. Yes. But it's not just stack them and slam them. That's where the whole game card comes in handy. Different pogs deal different damage to the different sides. There's a dice roll element to it. And, of course, mm-hmm. boom, got to get the slammer, right? Everybody. Yeah, got to get the memory. slammer. And I don't have my stretch goal items yet, but that'll be involved, too. So there's a paper standy character and the trading card that I was just talking about. And, of yes. course, yeah, I mean, that's you got a act of a pack. Starter just keeps yeah. going, you know. Yeah, uh, that's great. Thanks so much for joining that. And uh, Nate, yeah. if people want to check out more about Ashcan Comics Pub, where should they go? Where do you want them? Where do you want to send them? Yeah, check out ashcancomicspub.com, and that'll give you a link to the Patreon. Or if you want to go to the Kickstarter, you're welcome to do that. Or follow us on Twitter. I, I mostly post there. Okay. Awesome. awesome. Nate, thank you so much for coming on the show. Uh, glad it all worked out tech wise. <laughs> good seeing you. And yeah, good pleasure. Thank you, guys. Thanks. Appreciate it. Yeah. Yeah, good luck, man. man. Really appreciate it. Great seeing you. All right. There we go. Nate Lindley, everybody. So, cool. so can check yeah. that out at Ashcan Comics Pub. Uh, they are great. I really enjoyed the things that we looked at back when we had Stony on the show. Valo was really fun. Uh, yeah. And it looks like their other titles are fun as well. Um, I'm going to vamp for a second here while we invite our next guest. Into the, the beauty show. of vamping is if you don't say you're vamping, you <laughs> yeah, just like keep rolling into the yeah. fun. Yeah. Vamp, 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 nope. vamp, vamp. That's again, that vamp, is definitely uh, not I'm going in a different direction. It's I'm almost vamping. like it's hard to oh, get it. Hey, hey, hey guys. Hey, welcome to the show. Uh, I'm going to play a little music here because <laughs> it's time for our next section, which we like to call the stack. <laughs> Part where we we head dance. Uh, uh, yeah. <laughs> Susanna, thanks so much for coming on the show. Uh, you are comics editor over at Polygon. Yep. How, before we get into t- talking about the title you wanted to talk about, which I'm very excited to talk about, it's one of my yes. favorite books ever. Uh, what has it been like being a comics editor right now when there are no comics coming out? <laughs> it's been pretty interesting, but I would say that like I think it was certainly like daunting at first. Like it's it's you know. I work in media and we're constantly terrified that we're about to lose our jobs. Um, <laughs> and when your beat dries up pretty hugely and very, and very suddenly you can get really worried about that. Um, but I have great editors and the rest of the Polygon crew are really great. And we really framed it from a place of like, we're just going to find our own news. We're going to read cool comics. And by we, I mean, me and some freelancers. Um, we're going to read cool comics and we're going to find interesting, weird stuff. And, you know, I'm going to ask my coworkers who don't read comics, like, what are things that you want to know about comics? And I've started, you know, explaining weird comic book panels that have become memes on the site and reading weird old silver age comics and finding fun stuff in them. So it's been, and I think that is, I've learned stuff from there that I will be taking through now that comics are coming back to keep 
Polygon's comics coverage still like interesting and edifying and fun and educational. Uh, it's definitely something that we've talked about a little bit here on the show. And I'll just to blow up a spot, Pete has uh, kind of fallen on the other side where he's like, no, bring back new comics. Forget about this. But we've been doing the same thing. We've been talking about these graphic novels that we haven't read in years. And I've been finding a lot of joy in that, actually, like going back and reading yeah, these things in a different way. Have you been finding the same thing? Yeah, it was definitely like like a kind of monkey monkey paw situation where in like January I was like, man, I'm so tired of keeping up with the weekly comics grind. I just you I wish did I could have like a week or two of a break, and then, and then I hit like week three with no no new comic book day, and was like, wait, I don't know when Wednesday is. This is really <laughs> freaky. I don't like this. I miss comics. Um, but yeah, like I haven't, I haven't. I would say that I haven't. I haven't read as many of like my like bucket list comics because I've been trying to follow like interesting ideas that I have. Like one of the ideas that I scrapped was, was like, I like the bureaucrat version of Mr. Bones, the very obscure DC comics character, but I hear that in his original incarnation, he's very different. So I'm going to go read some of those comics. And I read infinity Inc for the first time. Um, wow. And it was a little, it was a little weird. I'm not sure that I like super liked it. And I wound up having to sort of like pivot away from it because I sort of got to a point where I was like, eh, this probably isn't going to become a post and I'm going to go do something else instead. Um, so, <laughs> Somewhere yeah. the Mr. Bones fandom is just crying. Like there's. Oh, yeah. No, there. I love yeah. him too. Once I found out about that he has this weird origin about being a teen supervillain that nobody ever showed him love and now he's <laughs> somehow became a government bureaucrat. And he and that he's not a skeleton. He has invisible skin, which is yeah, so amazing. Weird. I love that. Wait, is he currently he currently has invisible skin, or was that? Yeah, no, that's, that's all thing. the way back to the yeah. original. He has a cyanide touch, so if he touches you, he kills you. But he's not a skeleton man. All of his skin, all in flesh and organs, except for his eyeballs, are are invisible. Man, which I, is how he can like smoke a cigar. Yeah, how do they not explain that? How do they not explain that every single time he appears in a comic? That's so needlessly complex. (laughs) Also, his whole thing is he's like a sassy bad guy, sort of like bad good guy, sort of. Yeah. Well, in his original incarnation, he spoke only in rhyme. Oh my god! Not because he had to, because of Etrigan. It was like a thing that he, as a teenager, thought was like cool. It's like there's very lampshaded in the comic. That he's just this weird nerd. He wanted to live up to the demon, and then later on he turned out to be a smoking skeleton man. Classic, classic DC Comics path. Uh, Let's talk about something that's actually a little more classic DC Comics. This is your pick. This is... Did I get it right? There we go. Batman, The Long Halloween. Yeah. Uh, This is a classic Batman graphic novel, comic book series by Jeff Loeb and Tim Sale. Um... Susanna, tell us why you said this is your favorite Batman story of all time. Why is that? Why did this make such an impact on you? I think it's one of the I think it's one of the, the meatiest self-contained Batman graphic novels. Like one story, here it is, this is the thing. Um, it's not part of continuity. And and it has that animated it has that Batman the animated series quality where it kind yeah. of intros you to all of the characters. I think Tim Sale's art is incredible. Oh, yeah. The it's got also got that Batman the animated series quality where all of the character designs are new and interesting, but also classic at the same time. And like his poison ivy is immortal. Like it's like yeah. that's his poison ivy is just masochistic. Like, why would you draw all of those tiny leaves? <laughs> yeah. Um 
And and I think and it I love the sort of like the amount of storytelling that goes into it where it's this story, it's this two-face origin story, it's this really intense mystery, and it's also this sort of interesting meditation on um on on a sort of pseudo-canonical idea of how Gotham City transitioned from a time before Batman to a time with Batman. Um where it picks up really directly off of Frank Miller's Batman Year One. It borrows a bunch of characters that are original to that story. It sets itself very specifically six months after the events of um of the end of that story. Um and it answers this question about like what was it what happened between Gotham City being ruled by these extremely powerful mafias to Gotham City crime being entirely characterized by costumed criminals. Um and says like, hey, there was actually like a bunch of conflict in there and a bunch of interesting interactions. Um but I think most of all it's that for me there are very few Batman stories that are who done it. Yeah. You know, we call him a detective. And he's supposed to be the world's <laughs> greatest detective, but his the mystery stories aren't about who did it. They're about how are they how did they do it or when are they going to do it again? Uh, that's and it's, so uh, that's so that's so smart. That's so Yeah, and it's there. like it's cuz and it's because it's on it's the strength of his rogues gallery that like nobody you always want to put in a character that people are familiar with because it gets more readers and and that even all the way up to the movies, like we see casting information for this and it's never like, oh, well, we already know who the villain is. Like we know, and you know, even, you know, maybe like a little bit in Batman Begins with the bait and switch with Ken Watanabe as, you know, Rachel Ghoul. But, uh, but generally we're not looking at a Batman story and asking who did it. And, yeah. um, and some of my favorite Batman stories, like I talked about this in one of the other books I suggested that we might do is, um, uh, Alan Grant and Norm Brayfogle's uh, Last Arkham, um, mm-hmm. which is like the very first Mr. Zaz story, which is also mm-hmm. like a like Batman thinks it's Mr. Zaz the whole time, but he doesn't know if it is, and he has to figure out how what's going on. Um, and yeah, just I love giving Long Halloween to people who haven't read it, and then bothering them until they finish it, and then asking <laughs> them, so like, "Who did it? Who do you think did it? Did you solve the mystery?" You know. <laughs> But yeah, yeah I, I'm glad you added that part because that's the heartbreaking thing to me is when someone recommends a book, you give it to them and then they, you know, they, you, then you got to bring it up to them. And then it's yeah. like, Hey, can I get my book back? When are you going to finish that? You know? Yeah. yeah that was that's my main takeaway from this as well. Exactly. Is when am I going to get my book back? <laughs> uh, this, the thing that you brought up earlier on about, this being a follow-up to Batman Year One, and in the collected edition, Jeff Loeb talks about that a little bit, where his editor at the time, Archie Goodwin, uh, was like, hey, we're kind of thinking about this. I think you guys would be good for this, maybe like a noir something, something. And the idea of following up on Batman Year One is so ballsy in a way, yeah. but it lives up to it, and it yeah. feels like a great While also being and- distinct. It feels distinct. Yeah, exactly. In a good way. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I'm curious to hear from you, Justin and Pete, revisiting this now, and I'm sure you've read this before, but what was your experience like? Uh, what struck you differently? I was going to just say, I forgot how, as you mentioned, Rogue's Gallery it is. Like, I really forgot about all the cameos and all this stuff. And I also really like Catwoman in this, uh, the kind of Batman trying to figure out what she's doing, why it's fun. And she is like, 
both drawn very powerfully and very like elegant and like uh also like to see batman like watch somebody disappear and get frustrated at it is kind of fun uh but yeah i mean and also there was very sweet moments very like honest moments in the part where like batman put out the thanksgiving dinner for grundy i was like oh my god that's nice (laughs) but like uh yeah and the art is just worth it i mean unbelievable art it's Uh, so cinematic yeah well i was gonna say uh, a lot of similar things to that like the way the amount of uh sort of information in each issue and how each issue of the story is both furthering the plot and also sort of a nice fun uh standalone story with each of the different rogues yeah uh, is great um the art is so cinematic it feels like a dick tracy uh vibe as well as like just a sort of 1950s movie some of those like wide uh double page spreads feel so like um plus it's uh, just picked apart for uh, you know like ideas that i've seen in other stories and movies and stuff like that yeah. it's just so iconic oh, and yeah, the way it's, it's, it's like clearly a huge influence on the dark knight oh yeah um, yeah right down to the, the phrase i believe in thing, harvey dent joker yeah yeah the harvey dent stuff is so good and the way that like the story doesn't really say harvey dent's a monster uh so much it's you sort of feel sympathy through him throughout and the way it's like this town what you were talking about uh susanna the way that that gotham was um was this one way before and then batman showed up and this the mystery shows that like everyone is a little bit of a villain in the end like there it's not just harvey was bad case closed it's like a series of people did wrong. The calendar man stuff is so good. There's just so oh, many yeah. elements threaded together here that yeah. the it, idea to make great. calendar man, the Hannibal Lecter of your Batman <laughs> yeah. story so good. is <laughs> um, yeah. yeah. And speaking of just the characters, like there are characters that like, I think get their due in this story or, or even are created for this story that like, like why did nobody run with Gilda Dent? Like yeah. after this, why did nobody mm-hmm. run with Sofia Gigante, Carmine yeah. Falcone's yeah. massive hit woman daughter? Like, oh like, my god, so good. Is, yeah, yeah. I'm so surprised uh, rereading this that Holiday just any of those iterations never came back as much yeah. of anything, right? Have we? Are, are there any further stories? So there's Dark Victory, which is also from Loeb and Sale, different right. colorist who I can't remember right now. Which like. It's not like it doesn't quite reach the same heights. It's like it's the same flavor, so you still enjoy it. Um, I just think Hangman isn't as much of a like excited. It's not as enticing of a mystery as Holiday. And then there's um, a like sort of midquel to Dark Victory um, that is about called Catwoman When in Rome, which is about her and the Riddler going on a trip to like uh, figure out to find her mother. I think um, to find. Carmen Falcone's estranged wife, who's like in an Italian monastery, secluded from the world, um, but also has a sequence where Catwoman steals something from the base of the Pietà in the Vatican, and it's great. Um, but yeah, like generally, there's not like like if there are stories out there that really pick up deliberately from the Long Halloween that aren't by Loeb and Sale, it's really subtle, like you know, one issue hints um, yeah. that I can't think of right now. <laughs> 
I, I must have looked if- at that page where it's just that like goon in the tub before he gets shot. And the way he's just kind of looking out the side of his eye. It's just, uh, I mean, the, yeah. so cool. The facial stuff in this is just really powerful. Yeah, that, that page spread of Batman interrupting Catwoman breaking open the safe at, yeah. uh, at the Falcone wedding has been my phone background since like 2003. Whoa. And then like when I was in high school, like my uh, copy of it started falling apart. So I just cracked the spine open at that Ooh. double page spread at the end, which is the first time you see Two-Face and he's ringed by all of the villains, including the Penguin who hasn't shown up in the story at all <laughs> yet. Yeah. Um, um, I like cracked that, scanned it, and like you know, very laboriously with no Photoshop skills at all, like cleaned it up and tried to make it my desktop background. That nah. is just Loeb knows has such a great, and you can see this in his work on like Batman, Superman, and stuff, where he just knows when to call for a page spread, and when he has an artist that can take advantage of that, it's just this incredible. Like he can just slap you in the face with an image, like mm-hmm. you would be slapped in the face watching a movie. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's the, a very. It's funny thinking um, about making fun of Batman as a detective. That they were like, it seems like this uh, killer is killing on holidays. We should talk to the calendar guy. <laughs> that's where <laughs> holidays live is on the calendar, <laughs> and then it becomes a major part of the story. Uh, the two things I was thinking about it, I think you guys have pretty much covered it, but the only thing uh, visually that I hadn't noticed before, and I did go back to check, so I might have missed one thing or two, but I think the entire time uh, Tim Sale, or I should probably look it up because I have it right here, whoever did the colors of the inks, uh, keeps Harvey Dent shaded on one side of his face or yep. profiled to the camera the entire time until he is revealed as Two-Face, which is just such a smart, subtle little thing. Like, if you went to to this and you had no idea who Two-Face was, it would be a shocker. But knowing what his destiny is the entire time, it's just such a good, simple visual thing to throw in there without being distracting. The other thing that I think Pete is going to get mad at me about, but reading this book, it felt to me like everything that Jeff Loeb does right here is kind of what I personally feel like he does wrong with hush that oh, hush wow. is that I know, I know you love hush. I know you love hush, but, <laughs> and I haven't revisited it in a while, so I might be wrong. So what this, are you but, talking about then? Well, my, my problem with hush <laughs> here, you have Joker poison Ivy, as we mentioned, all these villains come in, but they're there to serve a story purpose and things, keep things moving. While hush is very much like, Here's the Catwoman issue. Here's the Poison Ivy issue. Here's the Joker issue. We're bringing in all the big villains. It's about this. Who is Hush? Who is Hush? Who is Hush? And it's not, it, it feels too blunt across the board, which is a lot of the things that he has done later on in his career. And I say this from the perspective of like, Jeff Loeb's been on our show. He's great. We love Yeah, him. he's love fucking him. super yeah. nice to you, man. Like, what the <laughs> fuck? But you know what? I'm going to tear him down a peg, right? No, that's not what I'm doing. Uh, I think it's interesting to go back and read this because you can see kind of like very similar skeleton to Hush, but here it's much subtler than it was there. That's all. It was just something that was bouncing around in my head as I was reading. Nothing's good enough for you. But yeah, I think. Wow, wow. One of my favorite things about Hush is so, not Hush, sorry, Long Halloween is that it almost <laughs> doesn't tell you who the real villain is. Yeah. yeah. Even it sort when of does. there's like a two page at the end of a character yeah. confessing to the crime, um, it really does, it doesn't. 
spoon feed you the solution at all. And often when I do give it to friends and I read it at the end, I go, so who do you think did it? They go, I loved it, but I have no idea who <laughs> holiday is. And you, and the fact that you can go back and go through it and go, Oh, I understand really like sort of inspect it. And in the sort of like, you know, like classic mystery novel kind of way, pick up all the clues and go, Oh, I get it. Like you didn't spell it out for me, but you did have all of the evidence there. You did give me all the clues, Mr. Policeman. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Well, wait, no, I I gotta ask Mm. uh, off of that. Who do you think did it? Susanna? So, uh, Harvey tells Batman and Commissioner Gordon at one point during the story that the the key fact that they are missing is that there are two holidays. And mm-hmm. they kind of dismiss it because they're like, oh, he's obsessed with the number two now. And like right. he's unreliable. Um, but there are two holidays. Alberto Falcone. So the first one is for the original holiday is Gilda Dent. And her purpose in committing the murders was to destroy the Falcone and Maroney crime families so that, um, so that Harvey would be spend, spend less time at work and be in less danger and be at home and they could have their beautiful married life. Um, and she stops at Christmas which is when the Joker kidnaps her and Harvey visits her in the hospital after she gets rescued and promises her that he's going to work less and that things are going to be better now. And the next holiday murder after that is New Year's, which is when Alberto Falcone, when we think he dies, um, and we find out later that, you know, there's that scene where Harvey comes home and they're like, why is your hair wet? That was Harvey trying to take revenge on Alberto Falcone by killing someone that he loved. Um, not Alberto, sorry, on Falcone, Falcone, by killing yeah. someone he loved. But Alberto survived. So Harvey doesn't actually count as a holiday murder because he never actually killed anyone. And Alberto, who has always been told that he can't be part of the family legacy, that he's not good enough, that he's daddy's favorite, and he has to be protected from everything, is like, fuck you guys. I'm going to start murdering people to show you what a freaking boss I am. And he starts committing holiday murders. Um, and that's my solving of long Halloween. Yeah, no, that's good. The only other alternate theory I had in my head on the reread was that um, Alberto didn't kill anyone and he mm. was just trying to be a cool son. And then it was just the dense at just trying to, kill so they could spend time with each other in a real sociopath's uh, (laughs) marriage. And I don't think that's borne out with with the actual story, but I just like, I like the sweetness of that uh, sociopath storyline. Yeah. Pete, did you have the same take or did you have an alternate theory? No, no. Yeah. I thought it was, uh, you know, the dent and then the, uh, the the son there. (laughs) Did you fall asleep just for a second? What, what, yeah, yeah, just you know, mid-sentence. <laughs> okay. right. He's focusing on the beard right now. It takes yeah, yeah. a lot to push that hair out of his face. He's like a Play-Doh fun factory for hair. Yeah. Look yeah. at him go. Uh, this book is great. Susanna, thank you for suggesting it. I was so glad to revisit it again because I love that book. Uh, the the one we didn't mention, there's Haunted Halloween, I think, is the yeah. Yeah, that's the another one. Yeah, Halloween stories before that. So. I would almost say, correct me if I'm wrong, but I feel like read Long Halloween first and then branch outwards versus mm-hmm. reading it in order. W- would you agree to that? Or yeah, I think I think haunted. Uh, what is it? Haunted night 
sorry, I can't remember the the title that you just said. Um, They're like sort of non-canonical stories and they're sort of like slightly disconnected and, um, and weirdly also like kind of like build on top of Batman year one with a very like, um, with its version of Commissioner Gordon. And anyway, I'm rambling. Yes, I agree with you. Um, Because they're not like really part of the causality of the long Halloween stories and their sequels. Yeah. Just like throw it in there anytime. Awesome. And plug some of your stuff. What should people check out? Where should they go and find you on the internet? Uh, yeah. Find me on polygon.com. All of our comic stories are polygon.com slash comics, but I'm, we cover a lot of stuff and I think pretty fun ways. So um, check out our front page too. Mm-hmm. And uh, mostly I'm just on Twitter at, um, at nerd girl. It's spelled weird. It's N E R D G E R H L. Cause when I made it, I thought it would make a really clever reference to a song from the V for Vendetta soundtrack. And that's like, just way too nerdy. Um, and now I have this, you know, unspellable Twitter handle and can't get the well, one that's as, my actual as name. As at JT Sizzle on Twitter, I know what it's like to not understand how important it is to write a handle that will serve you for the rest of your life. <laughs> Susanna, thanks so much for coming on. Uh, we appreciate it. And it was a pleasure. Yeah. Have a good night. Thanks for Great talking in. to you. Yeah. All right. There we go. So good. That is it for the stack. Again, long Halloween. Definitely pick it up. Oh. Uh, <laughs> great Pl- please do yourself a favor and pick that shit up if you haven't read it. And if it's been a while, go back because it is worth it. Yeah. Now, one thing that I will mention, actually, the past couple of weeks, we have been talking about the couple of comics that have come out here on the live show. But as we mentioned, comics are finally back. So we are going to have a mega huge extra long stack podcast that's going to roll out Wednesday at 9 a.m. That's where you find all the new reviews for DC, Marvel, Image, IDW, Boom Studios, and one other that I'm definitely forgetting. (laughs) Um, Tons and tons of books. Uh, So instead of that, we're going to move on to our next section, which is my favorite section because you all make it up. It's your audience question. Oh, boy. and you're watching just drop something in the comment section there and we will definitely go check that out on crowdcast ask a question i already see a ton of you have dropped stuff there um Mm. let's see why don't we start off over here on crowdcast we got one from pete's punisher slippers thoughts Mm. on a possible season two for swamp thing on cw maybe shot in vancouver which has plenty of forests and wetlands nearby uh Mm. what do you guys think Swamp Thing, of course, was picked up by the CW, was licensed by the CW. Uh, they're doing a first season. Um, would you want to see a second season? Do you think there will be a second season? What's your take? Boulder Swamp, like a sort of a frosty, like a frost, like a Mountain Dew frostbite thing. <laughs> I think that um, there were some good moments from the season one. Um I, if they can kind of get some momentum and kind of like make it better, uh, I would recommend it. And uh, yeah, so I I don't know. I believe in it. I used to watch the shit out of the TV show way back in the day. So I always loved Swamp Thing. And you love being in swamps as well and things. Uh, well, That's things, true. He, yes. he loves things. Yeah. <laughs> um, maybe they'll bring back the old uh, USA Swamp Thing series from mm-hmm. the early 90s. I'm yeah, say, that's what I'm talking 80s. about. 
Yeah. Uh, now, I will mention, Pete, I know you hate when I bring up pertinent information about the things we're talking about, uh, but yep. I was on <laughs> the scheduling Put card. your facts back in your pocket, Alex. Yeah, don't try to hide your flex behind the fucking facts, bro. All right? So, like, you're not really that interested in the thing. You're just, like, flexing about your shit that you do. Alex, no, flex the but facts, Alvin. <laughs> yeah. But because I was super cool, dude, I was on the CW scheduling call and they did talk a little bit. Yeah, about, dude, uh, I was there. I was, I wanted to be on that call. Woo! Dying to be there. I, I love scheduling calls. <laughs> I was, uh, Marky P, Mark Pedowitz, head of the network, having a great time. Yeah, I brought a keg with the scheduling call, and man, everybody did keg stands. <laughs> Anyway, his answer about it when asked about Swamp Thing, whether the licensing deal potentially could lead to a season two for the series, uh, was right now it's just a licensing deal. That's all they're doing. He's not going to say never, say never, but it's not something they're looking at. Like, they're not trying to be like, test the waters. Maybe we'll do a season two. It really is just season one and done. Obviously, if it's a huge hit on the CW, they're potentially going to reevaluate because that's how things work. When you have a hole in your boat, you just put a plug in it. You don't order a second plug um, r- right away. <laughs> nah, I'm yeah. pretty sure you should, though. If you got Ooh, one interesting. plug. Interesting. C.T. Cook says Swamp Thing good, C.W. bad. Ooh, Ooh, wow. Bad. Strong statement. Uh, ben the Border Collie, if you <laughs> oh, this is just we're coming straight for Pete today. If you could oh, be with yes. this for a day, whose marriage would you break up and why? Nobody's. I would kill myself. Because that's some bullshit <laughs> moves. So given the option, you would kill yourself? Yeah, because I would be Mephisto, the worst character of all time. Wow. This sounds like, Pete, you've struck a deal with Mephisto and got burned by it. Don't trust the devil. Wait, so there's <laughs> no marriage you would want to break up, Pete? I like mine. Breaking up marriage is finally? such a punk move. It's such a bullshit. Here's the marriage I want to break up. The the marriage between thinly sliced steak and cheese whiz that is a Philly cheesesteak. <laughs> how dare you, sir? Get out of here with that. How dare you? What are you Get talking here about? That. Cheese whiz isn't cheese. You can't break that bond. You can't break I would break, break that, that marriage and hope that steak would start dating regular nope. cheese instead of a whiz. Take your whiz. <laughs> whiz take your whiz that. and go. Uh, Pete will never go for that. He'll always be sucking on a cheesesteak. Oh, there it is. There you That's go, what I would crack. You fucking yeah. happy? Yeah. Straight bullet. You fucking. Great question, I Dad. Hope that was worth the money you paid for it. Jay Citizen <laughs> points out that um, Pete and I are um, j- still Jedi married. So, Pete, you wouldn't want to break up our marriage. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. I mean, we're not really married, so yeah, I don't want to this stuff. On Disney Plus, we're married because that's <laughs> all okay. uh, here's a question from James Miller over on YouTube. He says, "Is there any comic book or TV show you will give a second chance to while in quarantine?" Hmm. Ooh, good question. A TV show you might great give a question chance to. Um, I will say, while you guys are thinking about stuff, there's definitely shows that I've watched way more than I expected of, mm-hmm. just because we are here, and it's nice to watch something that doesn't tax my brain quite as much. Uh, like, uh, Snowpiercer just came out. Oh, I've God. watched mo- most of the season of that 
It's not particularly good, but nah. it's definitely the sort of thing where I'm like, I could half concentrate on this. That's fine. You, this is very silly. You can put shows on in the background and act like that's watching them. It doesn't count. It is. It is technically watching them. Yeah, it's technically watching them because if you ask me any question about any episode of Snowpiercer, I'll be able to answer it. Like, I'm just... Yeah. It, there are shows where I do need to actively watch. Like I would never do that with say a better call Saul or anything like that. Yeah. And Riverdale. You can't well, Riverdale. I watch those episodes three to four times because you really got to like split them down. Yeah. Uh, Legion. You know, go, you yeah, got to pay attention. Legion. Keep going. Keep going. Mentioning TV shows. I'm just Comic saying those yet. are shows that grab you and you can't, you know, how many TV shows can you name Pete? You think in a row? Three. <laughs> I can remember uh, much. I can um I have been getting back into the current Buffy series, oddly. Um oh, okay. which is interesting. Um and it was surprising, not interesting. Um and uh TV show wise, I think I'm gonna rewatch this isn't uh, I'm not giving it a second chance, but a full rewatch is uh Avatar. The last day. Oh yes. Oh wow. I now that that's on Netflix. Yeah, Whew. I'm going to watch that with the kids. I'm so excited. I've just been waiting for like eight chats to sit down and show them. And I'm scared that they're not going to be into it for some reason. But I'm, that's that's what I'm, I want to get my older daughter into it. And I think she's old enough to get it. She, I've been rewatching Gargoyles in the mornings with her. And she like, I think she likes it, but I can't tell if she's humoring me. Aww. Keep in mind, she's, she's four. So that's uh, amazing. <laughs> Here's the, um, the one warning. This is a v- super nerdy uh, warning that I'll give you, though, about Avatar, just because I popped in and watched a little bit of one of the episodes today. Um, they're in the original aspect ratio, which is fine. But however, they got the version of it. Like, it's very low quality. Like, I don't know. Netflix? If it was the Netflix. Yeah, it's a low quality version of Avatar, which that is seems very weird. We're very odd. Yeah. I mean, it's still great. But it, I was very surprised today. And um, shout out to shout out to Cora as well. Another uh, great show, sort of uh, sequ- somewhat sequel to uh, Avatar. Definitely worth checking okay. out. Have you guys watched uh, Hilda at all on Netflix? No, uh, what? the show based it's based on a comic. Yeah, it's Belgium, uh, I want to say animated uh, show. It's really uh, <laughs> very amazing. It's a lot of fun. There's a, um, there's a, is there's a raving comics. lunatic in the comments who's going crazy <laughs> says, for Hilda. It's based on a comic, you losers. Hey, Luana, wada, da, da, da. I just said that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's, uh, <laughs> I've also been getting into the new season of Top Chef, um, which is something I haven't watched for many, many years. Also, uh, some things you shouldn't go back and watch. I tried to watch uh, Thundercats again. Wow, that show does not make any sense. The old it's Thundercats? Like, yeah, the old Thundercats. Yeah. If you go back and watch, it's like the writers write themselves into a corner and then they have to invent a power that none of them have ever had before so they can kind of like get out of it. It's kind of really doesn't make sense as a show. The plots to um, serial commercials in the 90s make more sense than the plots <laughs> to Thundercats. <laughs> There's a deeper mythology um, to uh, Lucky Charms than Thundercats um, in those original series. Yeah. Uh, here, let's move over to a question from Kevin. Uh, says, if the comic companies just skipped over the issues they were supposed to be released in April and May, making them lost issues, 
which would you be most upset to have missed and why? Also, whose turn is it to do a quiz now? Nats? Kevin's? Great question. Ooh, Kevin throwing his, call his own name Kevin? out there. <laughs> yeah. How about that Kevin guy, huh? Kevin? Kevin? I got to think a Kevin, Kevin quiz might be impossible. Like, a, a, how hard would a Kevin quiz be? Oh, I know. There's no way we could crack that. I don't think I so. I love the idea of someone giving us a quiz. <laughs> like yeah, we, would be, we would be, we would for a change. We would yeah, be the like three maybe contestants. Maybe we unlock it with something we say. We would be the three contestants. No, like Jeopardy. Uh, I just want to. This is not apropos of the question, but Jason is in here in the comments says I kind of gave up on Shiro when it became about everyone other than Shira. Uh, it's great. I watched the wrap up this past week, and it's so good. Definitely check it out. I but, can't wait for the new episodes that just came out. I'm looking forward to watching those. Oh, yeah, they're so good. Instead, you're watching terrible episodes of Thundercats or whatever you're doing. Hey, um, fuck you, all right? Ooh, really lingered on that F, Pete. Yeah. Um, let's answer the question, though, about uh, what comic series would we feel super upset about missing out on? Batman. Uh, yeah, uh, Tom King's Batman, I think. Um, Another Strange Adventures, also by Tom King. Uh, Jump to mind right away. Uh, uh, also, I, I mean, I feel like we say this all the time, but the X Men books. Like, if we miss the X Men, oh books, fuck you! No, particularly I the would love to hit snooze on that whole thing. Wake up three years from now and fucking tell me uh, what's going on. What if you cut okay. like three issues ahead and suddenly Cyclops and Wolverine are like, "Well, we've skipped past. We're not with Emma and Jean anymore. It's just the two of us." What if there was a Sleeping Beauty situation, Pete, where you pricked your finger on something and fell asleep, and only the uh, kiss from an issue of X Men would wake you? <laughs> <laughs> would you think that Alex and I would, would would have to battle our way through the thorns to bring you that issue and and rise you? Sleeping Petey, as I'm calling it. <laughs> oh, man. I appreciate the effort you would have to go through. Yeah. That's, that's I, I, just so you know, when I woke up, I'd be super angry. Uh, just like every day, from, right? <laughs> question from Eduardo Martinez. Do you guys have any favorite stories that highlight or explore New York City as a setting in comics? Uh, New York as a setting in comics. Well, I what I, uh, what I, I have... Like I have Go ahead, Pete. You go. Uh, Luke Cage uh, does a great job of uh, repping Harlem in its comics. They do a great job of like getting some of the big landmarks in there as well. And what I really liked about the TV show is they also straight to uh, stay true to that as well. That's the first thing that comes to my mind. Uh, the f- one thing that comes to mind is DMZ, uh, that oh, series. Definitely, yeah. like even though it's like a post-apocalyptic. Yeah, situation, I won't. Still- I don't want to read that now. Yeah. Um, but another one, uh, the New York four, you remember that mm-hmm. series? Um, that I feel like had a lot of, uh, uh, felt like landmarks in Brooklyn and stuff that I have been around. I mean, I'd also point to right over my head, right over here, box office poison, uh, is a great one because it's mostly set downtown, particularly like, I guess in the nineties, early two thousands, something like that. Um, and he, uh, Alex Robinson drew stuff in New York. So if you're looking for something that's very New York, um, that's good. Also, Palmer Eldrick says Watchmen. That's a good one. Got Madison Square yes. Garden right there. That's prominently featured. <laughs> uh, yeah, sad. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. A little sad. Uh, there we go. I mean, Daredevil right, sometimes had little things in there, but not a lot. Uh, question here from Stray <laughs> Bullet. 
I got my $25 gift card to Midtown Comics. What should I buy? Ooh. Ooh. Well, that's tough. Yeah, I mean, where where are you at with things? You know, uh, I would just uh, say like Long Halloween is worth it if you don't have that in your collection. <laughs> oh, what a great idea! Well, oh. I'm just saying that like I don't know Halloween. What's that? I'd say Long Halloween. Oh, weird. Um, but uh, I mean, do I you- guess I'd pick Long Halloween. <laughs> 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 I mean, you know, like, uh, what don't you have? Like, do you have a copy of Watchmen? Do you have? Yeah, like, Straight Bullet. Oh, sorry, just to interrupt you, Pete. Uh, straight Bullet, you're here in the comments on Crowdcast. Could you list your entire collection of comics yeah. and then we'll fill it out with what you Yeah, then we'll fill in the, the gaps. <laughs> I love the idea of saying, hey, I'm going to the grocery store. What should I get? And Pete being like, well, what don't you have? How are you in butter? <laughs> if you don't have butter, I would get butter. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, do you have all of Why the Last Man? If not, what are you doing? I, I, just to throw one out at you, actually, because I'm just looking at my bookcase behind me now. But right over here, over my head, is uh, Asterios Polyp. Ooh, Asterios Polyp, one. which is a great book that it's I feel blurry. like we can't read what fucking yeah, comics. I love you're pointing book. out the typography of your um, little shelf. Oh, nice. I, I love the great book. Not a lot of um, Wolverine-style fighting, but a great <laughs> no. comic nonetheless. Um, yeah. oh, go ahead. No, all I was going to say is it's funny about Asterius Polyp that I feel like when it came out, it was everybody was talking about that. That was the biggest comic. It was like, this is going to revolutionize comics. And I feel like I don't see a lot about it anymore. Um, so to me, that's one that I think could do with a little bit of revisiting. Personally. Let me throw out Fear Agent. If you don't have that, Ooh. that's a good, um, and you're a Rick Remender fan, that's some very uh, early on Rick Remender that is uh, fantastic and level of cynicism is appropriate for our current uh, lifestyle. Yeah. Uh, before we move back to Crowdcast here, I just want to mention that Bandito740 over on YouTube says it's time for the secret YouTube comment section quiz to shine. Oh, Ooh, should, uh, I love that. We should figure out something for that. Yeah, we should see what happens. We'll talk about it. We'll yeah. see what happens next week. Uh, all right. This is from Jay Sinison. Hot breaking news. So that Batwoman news that just broke. This is uh, I'll give you a rundown. Pete, uh, I told you about this before we went live, mm-hmm. but this is pretty surprising. Uh, Ruby Rose is not yeah. coming back as Batwoman in Batwoman season two. Wow. This broke literally right before the show. Um, they are going to be recasting the role and are going to be doing a second season of Batwoman, which should ostensibly premiere in January 2021. Um, I was stunned. Again, Pete, don't get mad at me. I'm just offering up your information. But for my day job, I did an interview with the showrunner for the finale that just aired. And she was like, we were talking a little bit about what she learned about Ruby Rose and Ruby Rose being funny on set and getting better over the course of the season. So... It's entirely possible stuff was happening in the background then, but there was no indication from talking to her about that. Um, the only news that's come out, unless something addition has happened during the show while we've been uh, talking about other things, uh, is that it was Ruby Rose's choice. She wanted to leave the show. It was, she said it was a hard decision, but it was a decision she had to make. I'm sure there's a lot more there, but it doesn't seem like 
at least on the surface, that it was acrimony on the set. She wasn't fired or anything like that. Well, did she have any she injuries? Had, was she like... She had a huge injury right. on set where she... I don't know what it was, but something happened to two discs in her vertebrae. Yeah, and her uh, back, right? Yeah. Yeah, her back. I'd be uh, like, a after ago. a whole season of that, maybe it's just like, you know what? You know, it's not worth it. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think that's would be my best guess of what it comes down to is that being the lead on any show, let alone a superhero show, sounds insane. Like you have to yeah. be you have to be the boss of the set. Like in a different way than the showrunner is, you have to be like, I'm the one that keeps everybody going all the time. And coming in on an action show that destroys your body, yeah. even if you're like, yes, this is great for my career, that just means different things. But it's still yeah. shocking. Are you yeah. – uh, what do you think is going to happen? Are you looking forward to a second season without Ruby Rose? I mean, it's tough. I, I, I'm very excited for more Batwoman. I, I felt like they did an amazing job with her in the first season. Uh, a lot of great moments. She killed it. I was really impressed with what she brought to the role. I'll be interested to see, like, if they just go completely different so there's no, like, uh, mistaking them or if they're going to try to get someone similar and act like nothing happened. It'll be interesting, you know? <laughs> I don't think they'll be able to pull that up. I mean, it's a popular enough show that I think they'll find another person and make make smart choices about replacing Replacing, yeah, and I do think, frankly, like nothing against Ruby Rose, but Batwoman is bigger than Ruby Rose. Like, I don't think people are like, I need to check out the Ruby Rose show. I'm sure some of her fans were, but that's not what it was thought of as. So, I think it'll keep going. Uh, just a little clarification over here on YouTube alum 918 says neck injury and she returned to work right afterwards. Okay, there you go. Uh, we, we've got a heated question over here from the one, <laughs> mm. that she demanded uh, to get answered immediately over here on Crowdcast. Uh, this seems to be a question for Pete. Uh, Pete, oh. how do I get this joint to stop burning so fast? <laughs> <laughs> wow. <laughs> you gotta lick it, babe. You gotta lick it. So it doesn't burn so fast. Come on. <laughs> you know this is this is good content yeah, right here. Yeah. This is some real behind the scenes, upstairs, downstairs stuff, <laughs> yeah, and I love some it. Upstairs, downstairs stuff. Funny part was I started smelling it. I was like, "Oh, that's no fair." I could just see her running around back and forth like an anime character with a flaming <laughs> joint in her hand, blood pouring out of her nose. Just ah. yeah. Uh, all right, this is from uh, Joe Crack. Which was more upsetting, Peter and MJ not being married or Lois and Clark not being married? Uh, I'm going to say just straight up Lois and Clark. Like, mm. they, I'm not a huge fan of marriage in comic books just because I think, like, mm, interesting. Well, no, but like, I, I agree. I just want my that. characters to be single and have freedom because I want to watch some fuck. Oh my god! Yeah, that's actually what it is about. You're no, a joking asshole, but you're a fucking agree, weirdly perverted motherfucker. Like, I I agree with the sense of why they broke up Peter and MJ. Like it Fuck opens you. up storytelling possibilities. Fuck you! That's such a bullshit excuse. Lois, Superman, and Lois 
that's that's a thing. Like that's not that's Peter and MJ asshole. It's the same thing. No, but it's not the same thing at all. Like Superman and Lois is better together. Peter and MJ Boo. dating is better Boo. than Peter and MJ married. That's bullshit. Well, it's a fucking I, bullshit answer. I don't know. I mean, to me, it's like if you the whole point of getting uh, their marriage broken up by the devil um, was to have them be sure. like. And then they're immediately sort of now they're dating again. And when he when Peter was single, like there were no stories about him dating. He barely dated that whole. They time. did a couple, but they were bullshit and they sucked. Well, but uh, well, what I'm saying is like the difference for all intents and purposes, the difference between them dating and being married is very little to me from a storytelling yeah. perspective. So like I don't get what the whole point is. Either make them hard hard single, and it's about like new relationships or maybe longing for MJ or something. Uh, but now it's just neither one to me is uh, is really any different. Uh, I the, I agree with you, Alex. Of the two of them, I uh, think Lois and uh, Clark being married make make more. I sense. mean, I like the idea of Lois and Clark very much. That there are a, a, a iconic couple, but to me, um, Peter Parker and MJ are an iconic couple in a different way of like. Peter Parker is this scrappy dude who's just hanging in. He is barely making things happen. But the fact that he can also uh, keep a marriage alive is really impressive for a character. And I think gives hope to people who struggle with shit. So like taking that away for no fucking bold reason and then fucking not really pay it off. It's just upsetting. It's a powerful move to keep them together, and they're fucking around by still not fucking doing it. So are you a huge fan of um, Spider-Man Renew Your Vows? Stop pushing that agenda. <laughs> That's where they you know, are married. You know what the agenda is? Like, It is crazy that you don't read that book or didn't read that book because that literally was your Peter dream. Parker and Mary Jane married. They have a kid. And you're yeah. like, ah, I don't read that. I'm just mad about the main book. <laughs> Which yeah, just it's a side fucking you, book. That's why. Maybe you Pete, just like to be mad, Pete. You're just too into their marriage. Get out of their marriage, Pete. No way. You live your own life. No, Pete, stop, you stop. you have a joint that's burning down the place you're in right now. <laughs> Get out of their marriage. You're too focused. <laughs> Uh, all right, over here we got a question from Comic Book Poser as we transition back to shopping at a local comic shop versus all the online shocking shopping. What is the best way to persuade, excuse me, your local comic shop to pick up more independent publishers? Uh, the absolute simplest way to do that is order them. I, yeah. I mean, which I know sounds ridiculous, but like say these are books that I want pick them up, order the, for them for me on a regular basis. If your question is like order independent publishers that you could try because you're not sure what to try. I think it's the same sort of thing, but it's just tell them, Hey, I want to buy more indie comics. I will plunk down my money in some way. And then yeah, that exactly. allows them to buy it. Yeah. Also yeah. show. Don't just tell, just don't say, Hey, I'm going to be like, Hey, you know, here, I'm going to spend some money in this place to let you know, I want to come back and spend more money fucking you know help me help you right it's like not just saying i want peter and mj to be married it's buying the book where peter and mj are married right Pete? <laughs> i went to cornell i'm so fucking smart <laughs> thank you thank you for finally admitting it 
<laughs> oh man, I just feel like sucking on a cheesesteak. You know what I'm talking about? Guys? <laughs> sucking on a cheesesteak. Oh, yeah, there it is. <laughs> Woo, my man. Uh, that should be a huge red button underneath your phone, Alex. Massive. Almost a button so big it's hard not to push it. <laughs> Uh, we got a question here from Shrushti. Which comic book TV show hour maybe do you guys wish you had started a podcast on but didn't? Ooh, Definitely great. Arrow. Arrow? <laughs> no, we don't have time for that. that uh, we don't have time for that level of podcasting. Uh, uh, I've got to tell you, uh, Legion. We did a or, podcast. We did a Legion podcast. <laughs> no, talking? I meant, I'm sorry, League. What is it? The, the, the one the that's league. really. What? <laughs> the League. The league. No, oh, a league of their own. The movie, a league of their own. <laughs> no, the one where it's uh, a bunch of legends of tomorrow. Legends yeah, of tomorrow. Thank you. <laughs> Jesus I, I will say the one that I do actually think about sometimes that I bummed that we didn't do a podcast for, but I think it was probably like too early for it, and I don't even think we would have thought of it. But Walking Dead, that's one that uh, we yeah. talked about. Like, I think I got a screener of the first show and we watched it early and talked about it live on the show. Like, I remember that very distinctly, like breaking the whole thing down on the live show, but it's not recorded because it was pre-podcast times for us. And sometimes I'm like, oh, man, that would have been good if we had done that. But Though we would be fully insane at this point. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) More than we actually are. Um, Sort of in line with that, like the the original Flash, uh, the... Not the original, original, but the CW Flash. I feel like, oh, uh, yeah, that would have been tough though because after season one, it got weird, and then, but not like other shows. That last season, it came back. So, uh, Joe Crack says, "Superhero CW superhero shows don't send screeners right." Hence, what was difficult to do those shows as a podcast. Uh, yeah, it's just not. It's not consistent. They do sometimes, but like. Um, it doesn't always happen and we try to be on it as much as possible. For example, check out star guys, our new star girl podcast that ah. is distributing two episodes a week. We're doing Monday to tie to the DC universe airing. And then we're doing a bonus podcast bonus. that gives you your time back, gives you your 10 minutes back that you're missing from the CW broadcast. That's going up Tuesdays, right? We now. got you yeah. back. We're, got we're you taking time minutes. back. We're taking your time back. Yeah. So um, there you go. Uh, also, the boy I think is another good answer from Ben, the border mm, colleague. Yeah. Do you think? I mean, not to talk about this live on the show. I know Pete's answer is going to be no because he never wants to do any podcasts ever. But would we ever go back and do a show as a podcast? Yeah. Why not? If we did Arrow, that'd be great. No, we don't have time. Sorry. Wow. Yeah, we don't have time for that. Wow, Kevin with a deep cut, Nightman. Yes, I remember <laughs> as a huge fan of the Ultraverse. Um, when they had the Nightman series, I was like, awesome. And I was like, whoa, <laughs> this is not what this is a softcore pornography show almost. Uh, sorry, just another quick thing about Star Girl. But Mike Beneke says an article said that extra time ends after episode two of Star Girl. That's kind of true. Uh, the first two episodes are 50 minutes versus the 42 minutes on the CW. Um, I think I'm forgetting exactly the numbers, but at least five, seven and 11 are longer episodes that they had to cut down as well. Um, so some of them are going to be pretty close to the CW time, but some of them will be longer. Regardless, we're going to release a bonus podcast for the CW uh, airing. So you'll be getting two podcasts a week. So there you go. 
Uh, all right. We got a couple of more quick questions here. Denny Ali said, what about the boys? Uh, CT Cook says 80s Hulk TV show. Oh, be that would be funny. sick with Lou Ferrigno. Oh, man. We yeah. should do it with Lou Ferrigno. Yeah. yeah. Uh, architectural foam panels and columns says 90s Flash podcast would be cool. Uh, I'll tell you what. I went back when DC Universe first launched and I watched the first episode of the Flash TV show with John Wesley Shipp. That holds up. Like, that is. I, I absolutely loved good. that show when I was a kid. That show yeah. is legit. You know, I was 100% prepared for it to be trash and hate it, like you were talking about Thundercats. It's good. I would like to maybe go back and do the X Men uh, animated series and do a podcast about that. Mm. Ooh, lots to get into there. Yeah, I like and this if- idea. I, now that uh, Riverdale's over for a while, now that Katie Keene's over for a while, now that we just got the Star Guys podcast going, maybe we'll talk about something. We like got that. space Ooh. in the sketch, lads. Let's open yeah. it up. We got to do that Mantis podcast that we've been wanting to do. <laughs> <laughs> uh, another one from Comic Book Poser. F you for getting me addicted to Riverdale. Not a question. Just had to put it out there. No problem. Truth. Join Any the club. Time. We're all super uh, one other, uh, what's one title that's coming out tomorrow that you haven't read that I should avoid picking up? Ooh. Ooh. I, like something that we didn't read or that's or some not we read. did read. And oh well, you'll just have to turn into the stack podcast to check that out. That's what we're we'll actually that. yeah. I think I mean I don't think we're reviewing absolutely everything, but we're reviewing pretty much every title that's coming out. A lot, tomorrow. yeah. <laughs> It's very long. Uh, and uh, last one we have here from Joe Crack again. Uh, why do you think Hollywood doesn't have their own version of James Bond where you just recast the character after so many movies versus studios like DC that just keep rebooting the franchises as a whole? Um, oh, interesting. I, mean, I feel like that's Batman. Like it's kind of a rebooted franchise, but it's no, not I, like I would. Not- I I disagree yeah. because the thing about the Bond movies is the aesthetic is always the same. The filmmaking changes a little bit, but the vibe is the same. And the whole thing with Batman is it's like now it's this. Now it's like it's sort of campy. Now it's nipples. Now it's um uh very uh, austere, intense, complex uh filmmaking and then whatever the raw uh, steak tartare Batman we're getting um will be interesting <laughs> uh coming down the line. Um but I, I would appreciate that. Like, who's the new Batman? And every two years we get a new Batman movie where it's a continuation as opposed to here's my take. Because mm-hmm. here's my take is going to have bound to have stuff that's like, I don't know about this. Yeah, uh, and I'm sick of, uh, you know, popular characters getting origin stories over and over again. You're like, Jesus Christ. Yeah. But are the pearls going to fall? That's what I want to know. Fuck are they going to see a movie and then go in an alley? Is Fuck there a you. guy there? What's going to happen? Yeah. I got to know. If there's, what's another thing besides pearls? Like maybe little like uh, mm-hmm. seashells or puka. Maybe a puka. She's wearing a puka shell necklace. Yeah, or boba. It's like it's like boba. Or it's a candy Ooh. Oh, yeah. A candy oh, necklace. smart. Just a candy falling. Yeah. That'd be great. Or a lay. It's just like, whoa, oh, where she? Yeah. She's so the fun. She's having. She came down. from a luau. Yeah, and then it's. 
this is these are all amazing great ideas and that is it for your audience questions yeah yeah and now it is time for trivia and for that i'm going to turn it over to pete lepage the first hand up we got a hand up right out of the gate strong choice very epic you gotta ride the music wave Beer Cat PhD is the first hand up. Yeah. Uh, invited her into the stream. Yeah. Hey. Welcome. Oops. How's it going? All right. Can you hear us? Well, maybe. Uh, maybe. <laughs> maybe. Yes. No. Yeah. Uh, all right, Pete's going to take it away for a second. I'll just mention you're playing for a $25 Mifftown gift card and a gift pack from Ash. Uh, oh my gosh, Ashcan Ash Pub, Ashcan Comics Pub. Thank you very much. I you're playing for a pile of ashes of something we're going to joint that he's burning in his house right now. Oh boy, the greatest price. All right, so uh, today's trivia is on topical comic news. I'm going to read you a question. Listen to all three possible answers. Get all three questions right. $25 and the gift pack will be yours. Seems all fair. right. Here we go. Seems Question fair. number one. What is the next big X-Men event? Is it A, X of Swords, pronounced 10 of Swords, creation number one. B, Fuck Island, pronounced what the fuck <laughs> is happening to the damn X-Men island, number one. <laughs> or is it C, Margaret Witten? So it's either A, or you could pick B, or definitely don't pick C. I'm tempted by B, but I'm going to go with A. A is correct. You know, Pete, for someone who doesn't like X-Men, you're often talking about them in your topical comic news. Huh, weird. <laughs> okay, here we go. Question number two. What is the title of Sean Murphy's new creator-owned comic? Is it A, The Plot Holes? B, the potholes. <laughs> Someone said pot. Or C, M. Emmett Walsh. So it's either A, which is the only one that makes sense, or you could be wrong. I'm going to go with A. A is correct. Wow, really shake it up the pattern. Yeah, you like that? You like that? <laughs> Take that comments, you motherfuckers. <laughs> Take All that right. comment. <laughs> yeah. What's up? You got comments now? All right, here we go. Last one. Sam Humphreys announced issue number 75 will be the last issue of blank. Is it A, Harley Quinn, B, Catwoman, or C, Kirk Cameron? So it's going to be A, Harley Quinn, or yeah, you can go B. Catwoman. A's across the board. A's across the board Triple wins A's. it. Wow. Wow. Congratulations. You have won all the prizes we mentioned. Just shoot us an email at comicbookclublive at gmail.com with your name and your address, and we will shoot you all of that stuff. And Beer Thank Cat, as a, a fan of um, what we're drinking, what are you drinking? Yeah. Uh, tonight, a Mezcal Mule at first, and then I switched over to a Scofflaw Brewing Dirty Beaches. Ooh. Ooh. Oh, oh. Talk about nice. topical drink. Great choices. <laughs> nice. yeah. yeah. Stay on brand. Right. <laughs> have a great night. Thanks, Thanks for coming. Congrats. Great job. Thanks for listening. Wow, that's great. Now, Pete, did you have a secret 
Robin Williams movie and your third answer is that? Yes. And the people okay. write in the comic book, it is the best of times. The comments. Uh, the best of times. Best of, times, of, of course. Time. A very popular right. film that we all know about. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's on Amazon right. Prime right now. You can watch it. It's got Kurt Russell in there. Folks, I think <clears throat> that's pretty much it. You know what we're going to have to get back to doing guys that just occurred to me is we're going to have to talk about what we're looking forward to tomorrow because Tom comics are actually starting to come back. Yeah, oh, that's right. I'm not going to put you on the spot right now. We'll do that next week because we're usually also prepared for that. We could come up with it. I bet. Yeah. All right. Pete? What are you looking forward to Justin? Pete, what do you think? Okay. Oh, you want to put me on the spot first? That's no problem. I'm quick. I'm quick on my feet. I'm led on my feet. I'm nimble like a dancer. Um, I'm, of course, looking forward to Birthright number 43. Oh, yeah. Uh, one dude. of my favorite series. Oh, yeah. It is just coming up on the epic finale of the main storyline. Cannot wait to get into it. Um, I've described this series truly so many times on this show, uh, but it's about a kid. Um, who uh, gets separated his family, drawn into a fantastical world where he is the one hero. Um, he grows up to be this great warrior, and then he comes back to Earth, and um, there's a twist that I won't say, even though I've said it many, many times. Yes. Pete, what about you? What are you looking forward to? Uh, there's a lot of uh, great stuff coming out here, and I'm going to have to go with Deadly Class. I was really impressed with. Um, you will be impressed with it. Yes. Uh, yes. I haven't read it yet because it's coming out tomorrow. Right, tomorrow right, right. is when that comes out. Right. So, like I said, Daily Class number 44. I'm excited to see what happens. I think it's been great. Also, the um, what is the Year of the Villain is also supposed to be really good. That comes out to, tomorrow as well. Yes, that's actually a reprint. Uh, yes. But uh, it is a good issue. Still anyway. good. Uh, Dollhouse Family number six for me from DC Comics from the Hill House line. This comic is so messed up. It's uh, by M.R. Carey and art by Peter Gross. And it's just a very weird, gothic, Lovecraftian, over-the-top terror story from the Hill House line. And it's great. Just check it out if you wanted adults-only horror read, because that's definitely what it is. Adults-only. Adults-only, red light, buddy. All right. I think we're going to wrap up here, folks. I think That's the show, done. guys. That's the show. First of all, I want to thank our guests on this show, Nate Whitley from Afghan Comics Club. Also, Susanna Polo from Polygon for talking about the long Halloween. Thank you both for coming on. If you want to support our podcast, patreon.com slash comic book club, you get plenty of fun bonuses there. Also, next week's guest on the show, I want to plug, tying into group, right? Sure you can talk to him about that. Joshua Williamson is going to be on the show. Yeah, He's cannot wait to chat with him. Nailbiter returns, which I'm very excited about. Uh, one of our favorite books is coming back. Also, maybe the end of the flash a little bit. We'll chat about that as well as some lots of things to discuss. iTunes, Android, Spotify, Stitcher, or the app of your choice to subscribe and listen to the show at Comic Book Live on Twitter, Comic Book Club on Facebook, ComicBookClubLive.com for this podcast and many more. And folks, we will see you next week on Crowdcast on YouTube. Tuesday, 7 p.m., totally free. Tell your friends. Thanks, everybody.
got it.